Welcome to Thrive Church, everyone. We are so glad to have you with us, whether you're with us in person at Torrington, Terryville, New Britain, or online. We welcome you. My name is Judah Thomas, and I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church, and I am so excited that you are here with us today. And we are, you know, in this series called Unstable. You know, many of us go through times in our life, go through times of, of instability, and I believe that it's all of our desire to live a stable life, a life that is not, you know, bouncing back and forth, wishy-washy, tossed like the waves of the sea. And so as we're in this, we're looking at different things that maybe bring some instability and in how we can overcome those things. And, and this week, we're going to be talking specifically about being in conflict. Have you ever had a conflict with anyone before? Okay, like every hand should be up. Like, let's be real. Like, we've been in conflict. Maybe you've been in conflict with your your spouse. Maybe you've been in conflict with your boss. Uh, maybe you've been in conflict with your parents. Um, you know, when, when was the last time? Think about this. When was the last time you've been in conflict with somebody? For some of you, maybe it's been a, been, been a month since you've been in, had any real conflict. Or some of you, maybe it's been a, a week or a day. Or some of you, like on the way to church today, you were in conflict. And you're like, just wait till the service is over because we're not done yet. Okay? Like we have conflict that we go through. Conflict. Every divorce, every business split. Every war begins with some kind of conflict. Speaking of conflict and speaking of war, I just want to take a moment here together to pray over those who are in Ukraine right now. You know, there, there's some uh, just horrific things. If you've been watching the news or even if you haven't been, I'm sure you've been hearing about what's going on. And there's uh, hundreds and thousands of people, even Christian believers that are gathering together. So if we could just take a moment now together to pray for them. So Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We know that you are the God of peace and a God of restoration. So we ask you to work in divine ways in this conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. Lord, we ask you for your blessings. We ask you to put an end to this conflict over there. Please protect all of those, especially those who are in Ukraine, as well as, as the, the Russian soldiers who don't even really know why they're doing what they're doing, Lord. We just ask you to bring peace and restoration there. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was trying to think of a, of a way that, that we can help. And, and my goal is always, you know, we want to do what we can to make an impact in, in, our, in our cities that we minister, our states, our country, but ultimately our world as well. So this week we're going to be partnering with the Slavic Gospel Association. And so they are over there. They have hundreds of churches in the Ukraine right now. Many of the churches are actually being used as congregation points for people to come, people who are displaced from their homes, people People who maybe couldn't evacuate out of the country. And so we're going to be partnering with them to provide, you know, food and, and uh, winter uh, gear for families. $15 provides a bag of groceries for a family there. Um, uh, for a gift of $70, it provides some winter things like blankets and some clothing. And, and I think they said around 200 and. 
$15 provides a whole emergency kit for a family, which includes groceries and clothing and a small first aid kit and things like that. So if uh, God is putting it on your heart, you know, if you wish there was something that you can do to help those, and, and this is all funneling through the churches there. So not only are they helping a physical need, but they're also there in churches. They're preaching the gospel, sharing the hope. And I've been hearing about miracles that have been happening over there in this conflict. Miracles uh, of, of, you know, bombs not exploding. And, and people, uh, Russians, just turning over and, and just surrendering and all kinds of amazing things. So be praying for them. But again, if God is calling you to do something more, we would invite you to do so. You can give online at thrive.church slash give and just hit the checkbox for missions. Or you can give here at any of our locations in an envelope and just write on that missions. And all of that this week will go directly to help those uh, in the Ukraine who are, you know, fleeing or trying to get out of the country or are just maybe displaced or in great need right now. So uh, a country, as we see so uh, poignantly right now, a country that is in conflict is an unstable country. In much the same way, a person who is always in conflict is not what we would consider very stable. Also, a person who isn't stable seems like they're always causing conflict. Maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you are a person like that, always stirring up conflict. Some of us perpetually live in conflict. We're like, you know, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't in conflict with somebody. Like, it's just my entire life is in conflict, in conflict with my ex, in conflict with my neighbor, in conflict with my kids. We're in conflict with somebody, and we can't remember the last time that we had any peace and stability in our lives. See, conflict will come. Some of us, we get surprised when it does come. Like, I just wasn't expecting it. We should expect that it will come. See, conflict doesn't make you unstable, but it's what, how you handle the conflict, what you do when the conflict comes. That's what makes you unstable. Poorly handled conflict will always make you unstable. Maybe, uh, you know, you wonder, well, what, what is this conflict? Conflict is, in the, is essentially having a disagreement or, or having expectations that are at odds with someone else's expectations. These expectations are clashing, and then, and then we get conflict. I had some conflict recently, this past week. I had conflict, not with a person, but with a quad. Um, I, I, uh, I decided when, when it, was, it was snowing out and there was a lot of snow on the ground, I decided to, to go out and take uh, a quad for a ride. There was only one problem with this, and I, and I knew it beforehand, was that the quad had a problem, a mechanical problem, that it would only go forward. And uh, so I'm like, that's fine. I don't believe in going back anyway, in Jesus' name. Um, so it would only go forward. So I went, and I'm driving around, and I was having a, a, a fine time, and I got off, and I was doing some, some things. And then, I, and then I come back. I'm ready to, to, to bring the, the quad back. And, and as I was going, I'm going up this hill, and, and something kind of stopped me. I didn't have enough momentum. So I was like, oh, I can't get over this thing. So I backed it up to get another shot at it, and I, and I went to go forward. And then the, the problem with the quad was that now it wouldn't go forward. It would only go in reverse. I'm like this, like what is wrong with this thing? So, so I'm trying, I keep trying to get this thing in gear, trying to get it to go forward. It will not go forward. And whenever I hit the gas, it's just going backwards, back down the hill again. So I'm getting frustrated after about 15 minutes of trying. I said, okay, 
I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to spin this quad around, and I'm going to drive back backwards, okay? So I, I'm like lifting and chugging and trying to move this quad around. I get the whole thing spun around so I can go in reverse. I get on the quad, and I hit the gas, and guess what? It goes forward. And I'm like, we said, well, we'll just, just go around. The trail was so narrow that I couldn't turn the thing around like because I would have to you know, kind of go forward and backwards, forward, and, and I can only go one direction. So I'm like, oh, man, now it goes forward. So I'm like, okay, well, that's good at least. So I just left it in gear. I spin the whole thing around again. So now it's pointing in the right direction. I get on it. I hit the gas, and now it's in reverse again. I'm not, I'm not making this up. So I'm like, okay, fine. Reverse. I'm, I'm messing with it, messing with it. I, I get out. I'm, I'm pulling this thing, lifting it up. I'm straining myself. And, and keep in mind, this is in the dark, in the snow. I flip this thing around. Now it's going backwards. I'm like, okay, we're going backwards this time. Hit the gas. Now it's going forward. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, th- this is like, like demon-possessed quad at this moment. Whichever way I want to go, it won't go. I spin it around. Think it's going to go forward? No. It doesn't go forward. It goes backwards. I right, spin it around again. Okay, this time I'm going to position it so that if it does happen to go forward, I can at least find a place where I can turn around. So I got it in a place, and, and sure enough, it's going the wrong direction, but it's going forward. So I just gun it. I'm like, I'm plowing through the trees. I'm going where, but I'm not turning. I'm not getting off this thing. I'm not trying to spin this around anymore. And fortunately, I was able to get back and get off of that demon-possessed quad, but, but I was having some conflict. It was conflict of direction, right? It's like I wanted to go one way, and this thing wanted to go another way. See, that's what conflict is. It's like, oh, I want to go this way, and somebody else wants to go th- that way, or some other thing wants to go that way, and then there's this conflict that we have. See, how do you manage conflict? How you, how you handle conflict, it really matters. In your notes, how you handle conflict matters. Do you handle conflict with, with anger? enraged i mean i'll just be honest like i was getting pretty ticked off like i was mad at this thing you know i was calling it names and all kinds of stuff i was mad how do we handle conflict though i mean maybe it's silly talking to a machine but how do we handle conflict with other people our friends our families even our enemies because it matters in your notes in proverbs 29 verse 11 it says fools give full vent to their rage but their wise bring calm in the end. Do we ever give full vent to our rage? If so, Proverbs is calling you a fool. If we just give full vent, I'm just going to let them have it. I'm just going to let it rip. Do we just let it rip? Do we allow our anger to take over or are you wise? Here it says that, that the wise will bring calm. In your notes, don't allow conflict to destabilize your life. See, it can destabilize you. Some of you are going through some major conflicts. Major conflicts in your family, major conflicts in your work, major conflicts in your school. But don't allow it to destabilize you. What do you do when when conflict arises? Do you start yelling and screaming, swearing and calling people names? Do do we allow the, the conflict to escalate? Maybe we need to try to do the opposite. Like it says in Proverbs 15, verse 1, where it says that a gentle answer turns away wrath. But harsh words stir up anger. Why do we tend to gravitate towards the harsh words so often? See, here it says the words really matter. A gentle answer turns away wrath. See, many of us, we have, a, we have conflict. And conflict is a, is a lot like a, like a little fire that gets kindled. And then we have a choice to make. 
We have a choice. I, I have a, a container here of gasoline and a container here of water. And when I see a, when I see a, a, a conflict, what am I going to reach for? Most of us, we reach for the gas can. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to watch this thing burn, baby. Like, I'm just going to pour on the words. I'm just going to escalate this thing. I'm just going to pour the gas on this thing. Or do we make the more wise decision and reach for the water? See, we have a choice. We have the option of what we're going to grab, what we're going to pour on this conflict with other people, but it's up to you. What do you reach for? Many of us, we reach for the gas. I'm just going to call names back. I'm just going to get revenge. I'm just going to tell them what I really think. In, in your notes, we can either fan the flames of conflict or we can extinguish them. What are we doing? Are we trying to extinguish the conflict, bring peace and resolution are we fanning the flames, just adding more fuel to the fire? See, words can cut or words can heal. How are your words? See, we sling words around with no regard about what we're doing or who we're hurting or damaging. In your notes, some of you need to hear this today. The more I raise my voice, the more I lower my intelligence. Come on, stop step, stepping on my toes today, Pastor. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what's true. Like studies have actually proven this, that as your anger escalates, as your voice level escalates, your IQ literally drops 10 to 15 points. This is why when we're angry, we do and say things that we would have never done if it wasn't for the anger. Have you ever done something like, man, I just cannot believe I did this. I cannot believe I said that. I cannot believe that I acted. It's because you were stupider because we allowed anger to take over. We allowed our voice to escalate. We didn't choose the soft answer. We didn't choose the, the water. We chose the gasoline. And as a result, man, our, our IQ just begins to plummet. Do we respond with soft words or do we respond with sharp ones? Maybe what we need to do is take a step back. Just take a step back, take a few moments, bite our tongue, take some deep breaths, just relax a little bit. Like, you know, just, just keep our mouths shut. It's like what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, it's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid rather than open it up and remove all doubt. Someone's words like, I'm just going to let it fly. I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. You know, other, another way that people uh, handle conflict, some people, they, they go off the handle. The other way people deal with conflict is they just avoid it altogether. Maybe you're an avoider, right? Like, you just avoid it. Like, I'm just going to sweep it all under the rug. I'm just going to ignore it. If I ignore it for long enough, maybe it'll just go away. It's like if you get a, get a cut or an injury, say, you know, maybe if I just ignore that, it'll just go away. But, but if, if you don't clean it properly, something my dad always taught me, whenever you get cut, you go right away. You get soap and water. You scrub that thing. You get all the dirt out of it you possibly can, and it's not fun and it's not enjoyable. But if you don't take care of it, then it'll become infected. And many of us, that's what we do with conflict. We just ignore it. I'm just going to ignore this. I'm not going to pay. If I ignore it, maybe it'll go away and it doesn't go away. What happens is it becomes infected. And this is why so many people, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, they're still upset and angry about something that happened, you know, decades ago because they never dealt with it and they allowed it to become infected. See, we, some of us, we, we don't deal with conflict and instead we, we just quit. We quit on the marriage. We quit on the job. We quit school. We quit church. I just can't handle conflict, so I'm just going to quit something. See, how we handle conflict is important. Do we handle it in 
anger or do we handle it in love? Do we handle it with shouting or do we handle it calmly? See, followers of Jesus Christ should handle conflict differently than the rest of the world does. Some of the more controversial teachings in Scripture are about handling conflict. Did you know that? Some of the the most controversial things that Jesus ever said are about conflict. Look what it says, what Jesus speaks here in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. He says, but to those, but to you who are willing to listen, let me ask you this, are you willing to listen today? Wow, that's weak, come on. Are you guys willing to listen? That's a little bit better. I'm still not convinced, okay? He says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. We're like, yeah, of course, we we love that verse, but I hate that enemy, you know? It's like we love the verse, but we don't like like to actually do it, right? Because I say, love your enemies. Well, what about my family members? Like, yes, love even them. Just love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Wow, that's crazy. Like, how, how can I do that? This is supernatural living for you right now. Do good to those who hate you. Continues on, bless those who curse you. Anybody ever curse at you before? Ever tell you where to go? Ever flip you the bird? What do you do? Do, do we add fuel to the fire? Say, well, I'm going to let you have it now. Or, or do we bless them? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. I don't want to pray for them. Yeah, okay, I'll pray for them. Lord, just let them die a painful death in Jesus' name. No, not that kind of prayer. Praying that God will work in their life that will bring transformation and healing. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. When things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Man, we're just, we just get these things so backwards from what Jesus says. He's saying, don't, don't act out the way everyone else in the world does. Bless, pray, love, give. You know, revenge always escalates, doesn't it? It always, like if somebody does something to you, like, well, I'm going to get you back. Like, like you don't say, I'm going to get you back less than what you did to me, right? It's like, when I get you back, it will be more than what you got me back, what you originally did. It's like in the, in the Wild West days, right? Like, like somebody's out there and, and you know, somebody, you know, d- does like a, a little thing. They, they, they cheated a game of cards, say. And then the other guy says, oh, you're going to cheat at a game of cards. I'm going to shove the table into you. And then you shove the table. I'm going to take a, a, a beer bottle. I'm going to smash it over your head. Next thing they know, they're out in the, in the middle of the dusty street with their, their six shooter on the side saying, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. I know how they could have solved conflict. All they had to do was make the towns a little bit bigger so it would have been big enough for the both of them. You know, that's all they had to do. But here's the thing. We allow conflict to escalate, escalate, escalate instead of pouring the water on it. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be brought to justice. I'm not saying that we shouldn't report crimes or saying that well, what we are saying, though, is that, that we should not be seeking to take revenge, that we need to be offering forgiveness. See, the advice from God's word is backwards. It says to give a soft answer. Settle disagreements quickly. Don't seek revenge. Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Like, we don't want to do that. Now, now let's just be clear what this actually means here. This, uh, if you see this uh, in other uh, parts of the Bible, it says, turn the other cheek. It says, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, 
Now, if, if I'm going to slap, like, this is my right cheek, if I was going to slap someone on the right cheek, like, I can't do that with my right hand. Most of the people in that culture are right-handed, right? So the only way to slap somebody on the right cheek would be with the left hand, but that wouldn't be very good because they don't have any power. Really what it is is it's a backhanded slap. Boom, like that, right? Which is more of an insult than, like, I'm trying to kill you, right? So it's more of, a, like, an insult. Like, I'm slapping you on the cheek. I'm backhanding you. So again, this is not, this is not giving a, you know, permission for, for abuse or anything like that. But here it says, if somebody slaps you, slaps you on the right cheek, turn, turn, give them the other one also. This doesn't mean that it's not okay to, to, to defend yourself if you're in a situation like that, if you're, you know, uh, someone that, that's a victim of, of violence or things like that. But, but what this is, he's talking about our approach and how we handle these things. So just let them, let them slap your other cheek. Well, I'm just not going to let them talk to me like that. You ever said anything like that? Or heard anybody say, oh, I, I, I can't let them talk to me? Like, why don't you just let them? Like, what, why don't you just let them? See, in, in your notes, Jesus wants you to give up your right for revenge. That's what he wants. He wants you to give up the right. Say, I'm not going to take revenge. I give up my right to take revenge. I believe that we're never more like Jesus than when we are willing to forgive people who hurt us. I, I don't think we're ever more like Jesus than, than when we give up our right to revenge, when we show mercy to people. You know, when Jesus was in the process of being arrested and beaten and crucified, like he could have called down angels to come and deliver him. He could have, you know, he could have fought him off. He could have struck him with lightning. He could have done whatever he wanted to. But yet when he's on the cross, what was he praying and saying? He's saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't realize right now in the moments that he is actually being murdered on a cross, he's saying, Father, forgive them. And if he can forgive those who are perpetuating this great violent deed against him, how much more can we forgive and pray for and love those who do us wrong? It says in Romans 12, 17, never pay back evil with more evil. Don't do it. Don't pay back evil. Like, we're tempted to. Like, I... We, I admit it, like I'm tempted to do this too. We're all tempted to pay back evil with more evil. But it says never do that. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. It's like if it wasn't clear enough before, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. He's like, you don't have to worry about it. I, I, I'll, I'll give them what's coming to them. You just forgive them. You just love them. You just move forward and pray for them because they're certainly going through some dark times in their own life. He says, don't pay back evil with evil. Well, that's insane. That's what I want to do. I want to pay back evil. They deserve it. Well, that's just seeing a fire and I'm just going to go pour more gas on it. They've done me wrong, so I'm going to do you wrong too. Oh, you said some words about me. I'm going to say some words about you. You gossiped about me. I'm going to gossip about you. You, you cussed me out. I'm going to cuss you out too. You know, you, you did this to me. I'm just going to do this to you. And we allow these things to escalate. Don't, don't do that. Don't pour gas on the fire by the words that we use, or by our actions, by our attitudes. You know, a hot-tempered person, they stir up conflict. But the one who's patient, they calm the conflict. Are you hot-tempered? Some of us, we, we wear that like a, bag, uh, a badge of honor. 
Like, oh, I'm just hot-tempered, you know. I just got a, I got a short fuse. and Like, as if that's something to brag about. Like, that is not. Like, this is something that God does not want us to do. He wants us to live a, a life of a peacemaker. See, God blesses the peacemakers. He wants us to, to follow the Prince of Peace and make peace with others and help to bring peace to the world around us. In your notes, God wants us to respond to conflict with grace grace you know it's interesting that that we want other people to show us mercy and grace and yet so often we don't want to show that to other people like i want to bring revenge to you but i'd like to receive some mercy and grace and and and, oh if if you only knew what i went through you would understand why i want to give them revenge no god does understand what you went through and we are still called to respond with grace see we have been shown so much mercy and grace god has forgiven us of so much hey if you're going to overreact when it comes to conflict overreact with love overreact with mercy and grace and prayer and generosity overreact with those things instead as it says in colossians chapter 3 verse 13 Make allowance for each other's faults. I I think you should underline that. Maybe even circle that. Maybe put some lines pointing to that so we can remember that. Make allowance. Like this doesn't just say put up with other people's faults. It says make allowance for their faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. We live in a world that just craves to be offended, don't we? He says, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. It says, give allowance. What does that mean? That means you allow it. You expect that conflict is going to come, and you've already predetermined that when it comes, I'm going to make an allowance. You deserve my forgiveness, not my revenge. I expect that there's going to be conflict, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you a pass. In your notes, we need to be the ones who take the initiative to resolve conflict. We need to take the initiative. Sometimes we're like, well, if they come and apologize to me first, then, then maybe we'll see. No, we need to be the ones who take the initiative. You need to be the one who takes the initiative to restore the the relationship with your estranged sibling. You're the one that needs to, to, to take the initiative to, to, to bring a resolution to the conflict with your parents, with your boss, with your coworker, with your neighbor. We need to take the first step to resolve conflict. Not them. You. What would the world be like if we went around looking for opportunities to show grace and love rather than revenge? Like, what would the world like look like if, if, if we responded to conflict, to anger, to being wrong, what if we responded the way Jesus said? By being kind and blessing and praying for those? What would the world look like? You know, we have more than enough opportunities to get offended, don't we? Like, we have professional offended people in this world. Like, like you can say anything and like, well, I'm so offended at that. It's like, okay, well, I'm offended at the fact that you're offended at that. Well, I'm even more offended now that you're offended that I'm offended. I mean, it's like, like, how have we become so good at being offended and so poor at showing mercy and grace to people? Man, we need to show that mercy and grace. Jesus wants us to be known for our love, not for our anger. Not for how we take revenge on people. Not for being right. Are you, it says, are you clothed with love? Can we just 
Be kind to people around us. Can we be kind to the person? We don't know maybe what they're going through, what's bringing them to do what they're doing. And yes, some of us, we just go off the handle of any little thing. We need to be clothed with love and kindness. I'm sure many of you here have some conflict going on in your life. Are you handling it with love? Like, can you honestly say, I'm handling this with love and with mercy and with grace? Or are you handling it with revenge and anger and insults and bitterness and rage? How are we handling the conflict in our life? Well, I just want what's fair. I just don't want to be cheated. I deserve respect. Do we really? Scripture says, why not just allow yourself to be cheated? Why not just turn the other cheek? Why not just pray for the person who misuses you? Why not just bless the person who curses you? See, Jesus invites us to live a different life, to live a life of stability, turning the other cheek. He invites us to live a life where we allow ourselves to be wrong, where we make allowances for other people to take the first step to bring resolution, to be quick to forgive and slow to anger, to be quick to show mercy and grace. God has called us to be peacemakers, be stable in bringing stability and peace to other people. And if you think about it, he has forgiven us for so much. He has forgiven us for all of our past, for all of our sins. So how much more can we now show that forgiveness to other people and be the peacemakers that he has called us to be? Let's pray together. Lord, we come to you and we thank you. For your word, which teaches us. And admittedly, Lord, this is kind of a hard topic for, for many of us because, because we're going through conflict right now. We're going through some difficulty right now. Family, friends, or people we used to think were friends, co workers. Father, we ask you to help us to be peacemakers. Let us bless those who curse us. Let us love our enemies. Lord, let us not give in to escalating the conflicts in our life. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, many of this may sound foreign to you, but Jesus has kind of called us to live a, a life that's different from the rest. But different, not in a bad way, different in a much better way. Different in a way that brings stability and hope and healing. And in scripture, it says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he's inviting you now to call on his name. Won't you call on his name? Won't you invite him into your life? It says in scripture that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth that Jesus is my Lord, that you can be saved. Won't you say that now? Won't you call on him now? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. And in a moment, he brings transformation and healing, and restoration, and you are now a part of the family of God. So, Father, we come to you as brothers and sisters in your family, and we ask you to have your way in us. Let us be people of peace. 
Let us be peacemakers, not people looking to cause division, but bringing mercy and grace and love and hope to the people who don't even deserve it because we know that if we're truth be made known, we don't deserve it either. So let us be your light in this world. Let us be dispensers of your mercy and grace and hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.